the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blend producing, Sam Moppin engineering. Today we're going to share an interview Mike Lee, my colleague, had with Nazareth, the comedian. In fact, he's one of America's top inspirational comedians in the country. He's appearing here in Portland on Friday the 24th at Sunnyside Foursquare Church. Anyway, that'll be in our second hour. He had an hour-long conversation, and the guy is really, really funny. Anyway, that's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Taking a look at some of the day's headlines, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's office canceled the grand jury meeting that was scheduled to take place today as part of the investigation into former President Donald Trump with speculation of a possible indictment according to uh, sources. Well, the grand jury was slated to meet today and was expected to hear from at least one additional witness. Bragg's office canceled those proceedings, however. Well, the grand jury was notified Wednesday morning and was placed on standby for Thursday. Two sources familiar with the, uh, with the case uh, said that the grand jury was canceled amid major dissension within the district attorney's office. One source claimed the district attorney is having trouble convincing the grand jury on potential charges due to the weakness of the case. Well, despite rumors of a potential imminent indictment, sources familiar uh, said that uh, Trump has not been formally notified about whether Bragg actually plans to bring charges against him. Sources say, though, that there remains a real chance that Bragg does not choose to indict the former president, at least for now. Bragg, when he took over the uh, as district attorney in January of last year, stopped pursuing charges against the former president and suspended the investigation indefinitely. So it's raised some eyebrows as to why now. Prosecutors Mark uh, Pomerantz and Kerry Dunn, uh, who had been leading the investigation under former D.A. Uh, Cyrus Vance, submitted their uh, resignations after Bragg began raising doubts about pursuing the case against the former president. The possible charges stem from a $130,000 in so-called hush money payments that then uh, President uh, Trump lawyer Michael Cohen made to Stormy Daniels, whose legal name is Stephanie Clifford, in the weeks leading up to the presidential election in 2016, in exchange for her silence about an, an alleged encounter with the president in 2006. He was, of course, a civilian at the time. Daniels is not one of the last witnesses that Bragg planned to call. Her lawyer tells uh, Fox News that as we stand, Daniels has not been asked to speak before the grand jury. We'll continue to follow the story as or if it develops. The Federal Reserve today enacted a quarter percentage point interest rate increase, expressing caution about the recent banking crisis and indicating that hikes are nearing an end. Along with its ninth hike since March of 2022, the rate-setting Foreign Open Market Committee noted that future increases are not assured and will depend largely on incoming data. The committee will closely monitor incoming information and assess the implications for monetary policy. 
The post-meeting statement said the committee anticipates that some additional policy firming may be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2% over time. Well, that wording is a departure from the previous statement, which indicated ongoing increases would be appropriate to bring down inflation. And while comments uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell made during a news conference were taken to mean that the central bank may be nearing the end of its rate hiking cycle, he qualified that the inflation fight isn't over. The process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy, the central bank leader said. Also, Powell acknowledged that the, uh, uh, the recent events in the banking system were likely to result in tighter credit conditions and that uh, that was likely why the central bank's tone had softened. Still, he said that despite market pricing to the contrary, rate cuts are not in our base case for the remainder of 2023. The U.S. banking system is sound and resilient, the committee said. And in its prepared statement, recent developments are likely to result in tighter credit conditions for households and businesses and to weigh on uh, economic activity, hiring and inflation. The extent of these effects is uncertain. The committee remains highly attentive to inflation risks. Well, during the news conference, Powell said the FOMC considered a pause in rate hikes in light of the banking crisis, but ultimately unanimously approved the decision to raise rates due to immediate data on inflation and the strength of the labor market. We are committed to restoring price stability, and all of the evidence says that the public has confidence that we will do so. That will bring inflation down to 2% over time. It is important that we uh, sustain that confidence with our actions as well as our words, Powell said. Meanwhile, Yellen's uh, troubling bank guarantee as some people wondering what the future may in fact hold. What caused the recent collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, the Signature Bank, or risky financial decisions? What did Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen just promise? That risky financial decisions will be backed by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. What will we see more of in the future? You guessed it, most likely risky financial decisions. Nate Jackson points out that in a version of the old maxim, if you subsidize something, you'll get more of it. To be sure, Yellen did not come out and say that taxpayers will bail out more banks. The fact checkers will be happy to correct anyone who says otherwise. But what she did say can fairly be interpreted as promising the backing of Uncle Sam for banks that run into trouble in the future. Our intervention was necessary to protect the broader U.S. banking system, Yellen said on Tuesday in remarks to the American Bankers Association convention. Similar actions could be warranted if smaller institutions suffer deposit runs that pose the risk of contagion, end quote. The Wall Street Journal editorial board also acknowledged that Yellen's insinuation isn't an explicit guarantee, but it's close enough for government work. The editors called her comments de facto guarantee of all $17.6 trillion in U.S. bank deposits that will bring about the end of market discipline in the U.S. banking. Is that overwrought? Well, Yellen did use the word contagion, which is exactly the word our Mark, um, that Mark Alexander used to describe what could happen to the banking system. He explained the history of the 2008 financial collapse, which was seeded by Democrats interfering with a leading industry on the way to warning what could happen if they bent Uh, If they're bent on repeating history, otherwise known as never letting a serious crisis go to waste. 
Well, in the case of SVB, in particular, the primary beneficiaries were big tech firms, a.k.a. the Democrat censorship army, the big climate investors who benefit from money shelled out via the beginnings of the Green New Deal. Oh, and California Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom. Also, we fully expect Yellen's uh, insinuated bailout promise to incentivize the expansion of environmental, social and governance, ESG decision making in banks. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We need to take a break, but uh, we'll be standing by until uh, time to come back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Well, the leader of a watchdog group that monitors Christian persecution in China said he's seeing echoes of the Chinese Communist Party playbook in the U.S., and he's worried it'll get it worse. Uh, worse, rather, Bob Fu, president of the U.S.-based non-governmental Christian nonprofit China Aid, said he's seeing the same tactics in Western nations that the CCP used to crack down on churches. The similarities are very, very striking between the Chinese communist way of persecution and the American leftist way of restriction and even discrimination, end quote. Well, Republican senators are readying to make the case that the Pentagon's progressive military policies under the Biden administration are to blame for the armed forces dire recruitment crisis. The Senate Armed Services Committee is holding a hearing and held one, I should say, this morning on the military shortage of new troops, which the Center for Strategic and International Studies called the worst recruiting crisis since the creation of the all volunteer force nearly 50 years ago. Senators uh, Joni Ernst of Iowa and Rick Scott Members of the committee and military veterans themselves drew a link to their own time serving the country. Former Florida State Representative Joseph Harding rather pleaded guilty to wire fraud, money laundering and making false statements for COVID-19 relief money, according to the Department of Justice. The disgraced ex-lawmaker faces up to 35 years in prison. Harding, a Republican member of the Florida House of Representatives from 2020 until his resignation in 2022, is accused of seeking COVID relief loans from the Small Business Administration in 2020. According to an indictment, the 35-year-old allegedly filled out two applications for COVID-19 relief money for fabricated businesses, VAC Shack Inc. and Harding Farms. Republican representatives Michael Walls of Florida and Jim Banks of Indiana demanded answers from West Point regarding the school's role play exercise for cadets on respecting the pronouns people prefer. Fox News Digital exclusively obtained Walls and Banks Tuesday letter to West Point Superintendent Lieutenant General Steve Galland rather regarding a leaked facilitator guide for role play exercises involving Academy cadets. The exercises are meant to serve as training for cadets to gain competence in their bystander intervention skills, including when someone disagrees with the progressive pronoun orthodoxy. Health providers at U.S. military bases, some of whom are involved in treating military-connected minors, blasted the idea of waiting before injecting kids diagnosed with gender dysphoria with puberty blockers and hormones. The Department of Defense providers said in the March edition of the American Journal of Public Health, that the only pathway for children of military members who present with gender dysphoria symptoms is to immediately move toward gender affirming health care. That's what it's called, such as puberty suppression and affirming hormones. End quote. The doctor said that on the basis of human rights, youths have an inherent ability and right to consent to gender affirming therapy. Of course, we're not just talking about therapy. We're talking about, in some cases, irreversible administration of drugs and surgery. 
Former President Donald Trump lashed out at ABC News on Tuesday over what he said was a fake report that he deliberately misled his attorneys about his handling of the classified documents found at his Mar-a-Lago home last year. And the back and forth continues. Self-proclaimed Charlemagne the God defended a girls basketball team punished for refusing to play against trans female. Radio host Charlemagne defended the Vermont Christian girls high school basketball team after it was banned from further state tournaments for refusing to play against a team with a male athlete on its roster. During a recent episode of his popular radio show, The Breakfast Club, the host responded to the news of the ban saying that, That's not fair and claim the school was right to forfeit the game because it's common sense. Charlemagne and his co-hosts discussed the story which broke last week on his show, Front Page News, in a segment. Utah has officially changed its state flag. After years of finding and even using different iterations, Governor Spencer Cox, he signed a bill and an executive order Tuesday formalizing the change and designating the old flag as an historic state flag. Well, the new state flag features a large yellow beehive, the state symbol for industry, also its motto, at its center with a red, white, and blue running horizontally on the background. The white section of the center also makes pointed crests reflective of the state's mountainous, mountainous terrain. I haven't seen it yet. I need to check that out. Well, we're in a new era of high energy prices, according to an energy expert. I guess we didn't really need to announce that. We're already in it, and we already know. L.A. public schools have gone on strike, leaving 400,000 students without teachers. Uh, The students are without teachers and support staff, so schools in Los Angeles area effectively shut down for the next three days. The teachers' unions decided to join the local service employees' union strike in solidarity as those workers are demanding higher wages. They want a 30% increase in their hourly rate with an additional $2 per hour raise for their lowest paid workers. To be clear, it's not the teachers who are demanding higher wages. It's the bus drivers, gardeners, and cafeteria workers. The walkout adds to the woes of a district that has already been struggling with declining enrollment and attendance rates across its 780 schools. Observers blame a variety of factors, including families relocating due to the high cost of living, a decline in immigration, and parents moving their kids to private schools. Dr. Fauci dismissed the lab leak theory once again in a PBS documentary. The good doctor laughed off lab leak questions again in a PBS documentary that aired uh, that airs rather tonight, despite growing concerns about his ties to COVID's origin. The former White House doctor, who has been accused of being fame hungry by right wing critics, allowed a camera crew to shadow him for 23 months, starting in January of 21, as he led the U.S.'s COVID response. The grinning medical advisor claimed the lab leak was molecularly impossible because the viruses manipulated in Wuhan under his watch were so different from the eventual pathogen that caused the global outbreak. Missouri's attorney general is pushing to limit gender transition surgery there. Missouri's Republican attorney general on Monday said that he will limit access to gender affirming care, as it's referred to. For minors, it doesn't actually affirm one's gender. It changes sidestepping the GOP-led Senate as it struggles to pass a law banning the practice for children completely. As hundreds of activists rallied at the Capitol to pressure lawmakers to act on the bill, Attorney General Andrew Bailey announced plans to file an emergency ruling 
The rule will require an 18-month waiting period, 15-hour-long therapy sessions, and treatment of any mental illnesses before Missouri doctors can provide that kind of care to transgender children, according to Bailey's office. The emergency rule also requires disclosure of information about puberty blocker drugs, including that they are experimental, not approved by the FDA, and that the FDA has warned they can lead to brain swelling and blindness. The paperwork will also cite research from Sweden's National Board of Health and Welfare that the benefits of puberty blockers are outweighed by the risks. Under the new rules, gender transitions will only be allowed once the patient has received a full psychological assessment consisting of no fewer than 15 separate hourly sessions over the course of 18 months. All mental health um, comorbidities must be treated before proceeding. Janet Yellen claims the banking system is sound. The Treasury Secretary commented on Tuesday that deposit withdrawals from regional banks have stabilized and affirmed that the authorities will protect smaller financial institutions. The recent collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, where the vast majority of accounts exceeded the $250,000 threshold guaranteed by the FDIC, or Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, prompted the government-backed company to secure all accounts at the firm to prevent more bank runs. Yellen said in remarks at a summit at the American Bankers Association. TikTok CEO Xiao Ji Chu will testify and did before, I should say on Thursday, he actually did a little piece on TikTok earlier in the day. Uh, Anyway, he uh, will testify before Congress on Thursday about the platform's influence. The CEO is reportedly set to testify before Congress that the Chinese-owned social media platform now has 150 million active users in the United States, She was expected to testify under oath before the House Energy and Commerce Committee Thursday that the number of people in the U.S. regularly using TikTok has increased by 50 percent from the 100 million figure previously disclosed. Of the 150 million, however, about 12 million or 8 percent are under the age of 18, though it's unclear how many from that group will be a voting age in 2024. Currently, that means 138 million TikTok users in the United States are of voting age. TikTok says it has worked to create a risk mitigation plan to ensure that U.S. data doesn't get into the hands of a foreign adversary through its app. The company has said U.S. user data is already stored outside of China, but many lawmakers and intelligence officials seem to remain unconvinced that the information can be safe while TikTok is owned by a Chinese company. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back. A reminder coming up in our second hour, a conversation my colleague Mike Lee had with Nazareth, one of America's top inspirational comedians coming to Portland this Friday. He'll be uh, appearing at Sunnyside Foursquare Church. For more details, go to kpdq.com. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're continuing to wind our way through some of the news headlines of the day. And coming up in the second hour, I cede my spot to Mike Lee, my colleague here at KPDQ. He interviewed Nazareth uh, a little while back. He's coming to Portland. Not Mike Lee, but Nazareth. He's one of America's top inspirational comedians. He'll be in Portland on Friday at Sunnyside Foursquare Church. Let me encourage you to go to kpdq.com where all the important details can be found. You need to uh, laugh a little bit and have a smile put on your face. You are invited to join what will be a great uh, performance. Anyway, you'll hear more from and about Nazareth in the second hour of today's program. Well, Russia praised a Chinese proposal for peace in Ukraine despite the lopsided 12-point plan. Of course, Putin likes a plan yielding him stolen Ukraine land. 
Reuters reports that the Russian president said after talks with Chinese leader Xi Jinping on Tuesday that Chinese proposals could be used as the basis of a peace settlement in Ukraine, but that the West and Kiev were not yet ready. In a joint statement issued at the end of Xi's state visit to Moscow, the two men cautioned against any steps that might push the Ukraine conflict into an uncontrollable phase, adding pointedly that there could be no winners in a nuclear war. China's proposal, a 12-point paper calling for a de-escalation and eventual ceasefire in Ukraine, lacks details on how to end the war. Essentially, Ukraine just steps away and allows Russia to maintain the property that it currently has and has time to rearm to continue its quest. That's just my editorial perspective. China's plan doesn't call for Russia to leave the territories of Ukraine it annexed last fall. Secretary of State Tony Blinken argued Monday that a ceasefire on such terms would effectively be supporting the ratification of Russian conquest. Chinese officials and state media have echoed Russia's claim that NATO countries provoked or inflamed the conflict. A Russian pop star has been found dead after criticizing the government in an anti-war song. Russian pop star Dima Nova was found dead from drowning on Sunday after criticizing Russian President Vladimir Putin. He was 34. Born Dmitry Zvergenyov, uh, Nova founded the popular electronic group Cream Soda. I love Cream Soda. Anyway, whose song Aqua Disco became an anthem for anti-war protests in Russia. In the song, the pop group call out Putin over his alleged $1.3 billion mansion. The song was uh, commonly heard at protests against the country both um, before and after Russia's invasion into Ukraine. These protests became known as Aqua Disco Parties. Nova fell through ice while crossing Russia's Volga River in um, northeast of Moscow, according to Russian news website People Talk. He was with his brother Roma and two friends. The Pentagon plans to send tanks and missiles to the Ukraine on a faster timeline The Pentagon is on track to send Abrams uh, tanks and Patriot missile defense systems to Ukraine faster than originally planned, the Defense Department told spokesmen on Tuesday. The department will send a refurbished older model of Abrams tanks to Ukraine to speed up its delivery of the weapons to the embattled country. Press Secretary Brigadier General Pat Ryder told reporters the option will get the M1A1 Abrams to Ukraine by this fall versus the original plan, which involved building and shipping 31 of the newer M1A2 version of the tanks, a process that would have taken more than a year. The decision to speed up the delivery of the tanks and Patriot systems comes as Ukraine is preparing to launch a spring offensive against Russian forces built largely around the more powerful and more advanced systems Western countries have agreed to send, including tanks and other armored vehicles. Meanwhile, the Swiss government has created massive tax liabilities for a bank bailout. Citizens of Switzerland backed the losses incurred by the merger of the nation's two largest investment banks, effectively costing each citizen roughly $13,500 in tax liabilities. Swiss investment bank UBS, they agreed over the weekend to purchase rival financial institution Credit Suisse in a $3 billion deal. The Swiss National Bank offered the two firms a public liquidity backdrop, or backstop rather, worth about $108 billion, as well as nearly $10 billion in government guarantees of potential excess losses. The deal will create tax liabilities, again, of 13500 for each of the 8.7 million men, women, and children in the small Central European nation. The liability is equivalent to $29,700 per household and constitutes 20% of the typical Swiss citizen's annual income. 
On top of the financial guarantees, the Swiss government agreed to change legislation that bypasses shareholder approval and the country's financial regulator wiped out about 16 billion francs worth of credit Suisse bonds to increase the bank's core capital. Governor DeSantis on the presidential candidate Donald Trump in a soon to be aired interview with Pierce Morgan, the Florida government governor rather finally took the gloves off and hit back at Donald Trump's escalating verbal attacks. Uh, Florida Governor DeSantis hit Trump over his response to COVID and specifically his choice of Dr. Anthony Fauci to head the response team. He even observed that uh, far from firing Fauci, which is what DeSantis claimed he would have done, Trump awarded Fauci with a presidential commendation medal. Regarding Trump's derisive uh, name-calling, label him desanctimonious and meatball Ron, DeSantis, uh, DeSantis shrugged it off as background noise. Furthermore, the governor uh, made it clear that getting... Um, Wins for the American people is what matters most to him, with recent polling showing Trump expanding his lead over the Florida governor. DeSantis likely recognizes that it's time for him to officially enter the race, although he has not officially entered the race. Science and politics don't mix for nature. If scientific credibility is important, then you need to steer as far away from politics as possible. For the scientific community, this has long been a no-brainer. But Nature magazine eschewed that basic reality and endorsed Joe Biden in 2020. Now Nature is surprised that its readership has lost trust in the magazine's scientific credibility. A recent survey it conducted found that its endorsement did not change people's views of the candidates, but caused some to lose confidence in Nature and in U.S. scientists generally. Well, yeah. How about focus on doing the science and leave politics to the politicians and the people to think it through? Well, the truth is people aren't losing trust in actual science. What they're negatively responding to are political agendas being masqueraded as science. The California handgun roster has been shot down. In more Second Amendment news, on Monday, a district judge ruled against California's handgun roster law. The law was passed under the guise of gun safety and severely limited California's access to modern handguns. Judge um, Cormac J. Carney ruled because enforcing those requirements implicates the plain text of the Second Amendment and the government fails to point to any well-established historical analogs that are consistent with them. Those requirements are unconstitutional and their enforcement must be preliminarily enjoined, end quote. This is a win for Californians' Second Amendment rights. In red state versus blue state finances, according to a new study conducted by WalletHub, Republican-run states are consistently more fiscally sound than their counterparts on the other side of the ledger. Furthermore, the GOP-controlled states also scored higher on providing superior government services than did their counterparts. Comparing 29 different metrics, the study found that Republican states fared better in five major categories, health, safety, education, the economy, and infrastructure and pollution than did Democrat counterparts. Observing the dramatically different tax burdens among the states, the study asked, where do taxpayers get the most and least bang for their bucks? Well, the top 10 were all Republican-led and happened also um, to be lower taxed. The eight of the bottom 10 were, well, just the opposite, with California being the state where residents get the least bang for their high-tax buck. Another racism hoax, yet another racist hate crime, has been exposed as a hoax, this time in Sacramento, California, at a school. It's at least the third one to make national news since Jussie Smollett's infamous assault, fake assault, um, hate crime. In this latest incident, students at Kit Carson International Academy were given fake money imprinted with the N-word over an image of a black person. 
They were told the money was for buying fried chicken and alcohol. It turns out two black students created the fake money and were passing it out. The school's principal reacted to the revolution, revelation rather, by stating, I'm so, well, upset. I'll use that word. Eventually, the race hoaxers are the proverbial boys who cried wolf, uh, served only to make everyone doubt genuine instances of racism. And as an African-American who's been around for a while, there are actually actual genuine instances of racism. Vladimir Putin and President Xi Jinping signed an economic deal in the latest demonstration of friendship without limits. It's something of a bromance. Los Angeles public schools shut down and uh, as union members strike for better pay. Anti-porn bills in eight states could force device makers to censor sexual material. And that's all there is to it. Famed biologist Richard Dawkins confirms there are two sexes. That's it. Defending J.K. Rowling. I'm Georgine Rice. Break back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Did I mention that um, Sam Moppin is here engineering the program? Did I did I mention that? Yeah, he's here. Anyway, um, coming up in the second hour of today's program, a conversation with Nazareth. In fact, that conversation was uh, enjoined by my colleague, Mike Lee. Uh, one of America's top inspirational comedians is coming to Portland on Friday. This is a bit of a glimpse of what to expect. And if you're interested in taking part, there are still seats available. Go to kpdq.com for all the important details. Well, the Georgia legislature has banned child sex changes, and Missouri issued an emergency rule restricting inhumane science experiments on children. Wyoming has become the 19th state to ban men from women's sports. Well, on this day in history, 1765, the British Parliament passed the Stamp Act to raise money from the American colonies, which fiercely uh, was uh, fiercely resisted. The Stamp Act would be repealed a year later. I wish it was that easy today. 1882, President Chester Allen Arthur, he signs a measure outlawing polygamy. 1894, hockey's first Stanley Cup championship game is played. Home team Montreal defeats Ottawa 3-1. During Prohibition in 1933, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt signs a measure to make wine and beer containing up to 3.2% alcohol legal. 1941, the Grand Coulee Hydroelectric Dam in Washington State officially goes into operation. 1968, President Lyndon Baines Johnson he announces that General William C. Westermoreland, no, it's not Wester, it's Westmoreland, the commander of the American forces in Vietnam will leave that post to become the U.S. Army new chief of staff. 1988, both houses of Congress override President Ronald Reagan's veto of the Civil Rights Restoration Act. 1990, the jury in Anchorage, Alaska, finds former tanker Captain Joseph Hazelwood not guilty of three major charges in connection with the Exxon Valdez oil spill, but convicts him of a minor charge of negligent discharge of oil. 1997, Tara Lipinski, at age 14 years and 10 months, becomes the youngest ladies' world figure skating champion in Luzon, Switzerland. 2004, Terry Nichols goes on trial for state charges for his role in the Oklahoma City bombing. Nichols already served a life sentence for his conviction on federal charges, would be found guilty of 161 state murder charges, but again spared the death penalty when the jury couldn't agree on his sentence. 2018, on this day in history, President Trump announces that he will replace National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster with former U.N. Ambassador John Bolton. McMaster became the sixth close Trump advisor or aide to depart in a turbulent six weeks. 
2018, Trump sets in motion tariffs on as much as $60 billion in Chinese imports, and China threatens retaliation. The heightened trade tension sparks a sell-off on Wall Street, where the Dow Industrials plunge more than 700 points. And finally, on this day in history, 2019, Special Counsel Robert Mueller, he submits his long-awaited report on the investigation into Russian meddling and the 2016 presidential race and possible collusion with Trump associates in the Justice, or rather, to the Justice Department. Well, in other news, the Chinese Communist Party has escalated its persecution of Christians throughout 2022 as the country clamped down on churches and online religious content while demanding allegiance to Chinese President Xi Jinping, according to a watchdog group. A report released last week by the U.S.-based non-governmental organization China Aid, they warned that the Chinese government is using charges of fraud to financially suffocate the house church movement which consists of Christian congregations that have not registered with China's official Protestant church. I have attended services of that underground church. I hope we're praying for our brothers and sisters who are being crushed under the weight of this um, persecution. Authorities are using the traditional Christian practice of giving tithes and offerings to trump up charges against house churches under the measures for um, the financial management of religious activity venues which were updated last June, according to the report. The report noted that multiple house church pastors and elders have been jailed and potentially face years in prison. China Aid president and founder Bob Fu said in a statement that his organization is also gravely concerned with how state-sanctioned churches are being treated in China, which is approximately 96.7 million Christians. Brothers and sisters in Christ, according to the watchdog group Open Doors, by using the new measures against religious content online and the infamous zero covid policy, authorities limited or uh, eliminated Christian gatherings altogether. The Chinese government is also cracking down on Christian websites and apps in an attempt to remove Christianity from cyberspace, according to uh, China. A this is an exercise in futility. Persecution has uh, generally caused the church to grow. Following the implementation of the administrative measures for Internet religious information and services in 2022, censorship of online Christian content, including even group chats, has reached an unprecedented level, the report went on to warn. Cath Assist, which became China's first Christian phone app in 2013, was among those that were shut down under the new regulations because they were unable to obtain, obtain a license. China AIDS report said the app did not meet the government's requirements for the license, despite having taken various actions, including suspending sharing, changing uh, names and um, changing its name, rather, and modifying content. Uh, Fu also noted that while the Chinese government has long demanded sole allegiance to the Communist Party in recent years, it has been emphasizing allegiance to Jinping in particular. Before, during, and after the opening of the Congress, China's state-run religious groups lavished compliments and praise on Xi with more extravagant words and phrases than China's state-run media, showing that religious synchronization, it's like synchronizing, I'll just put it that way, is evolving from supporting the CCP to worship and allegiance to Xi Jinping. Their goal is not only to curate a... Socialist-friendly church, they hope to erase it, said Fu. The international community needs to know about these trends and developments as China continues to rise on the global stage. Hmm. Well, the leader of this same group, um, 
that monitors uh, Chinese persecution in China has said he's seeing echoes of the Chinese Communist Party playbook here in the United States. And he's worried it's going to get worse. Bob Fu, again, president of the U.S. based non-governmental Christian nonprofit China Aid, said he's seeing the same tactics in Western nations that the CCP uses to crack down on churches. The similarities are very, very striking between the Chinese communist way of persecution and the American left's way of restriction and even discrimination. Fu said he has observed with um, concern how the left in the U.S. is increasingly exhibiting dictatorial attitudes, both culturally and politically, by censoring speech, enforcing woke culture and not tolerating dissent. He pinpointed the alleged political weaponization of federal law enforcement agencies as a worrisome escalation of such a trend. It is very shocking and horrible to see American society transformation evolving from its constitutional basis, Fu said. Fu was a student leader at uh, his university during the Tiananmen Square protests in 1989. He became a Christian in the Chinese underground church decades ago, he said. As recounted in his 2013 book, God's Double Agent, he and his wife were imprisoned in Beijing for leading house churches, which are Christian congregations that have not registered with China's official Protestant or Catholic churches. The couple escaped the country in 1996 and became refugees in the United States the next year. He said he founded China Aid in 2002 to provide a voice for those voiceless persecuted brothers and sisters in China, as well as legal and humanitarian aid for those who are persecuted, imprisoned, and tortured. Fu, who became a naturalized American citizen, attended Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia, said some of the tactics used to crack down on churches during the pandemic, both in the U.S. and other Western countries, were sometimes straight out of the Chinese Communist playbook. They only have one playbook, he said. I saw the government of California basically prescribe and order the church to shut down and say not only when they could worship, but how the ways that uh, they uh, threatened to punish those churches and pastors sometimes were word for word exactly the same as the CCP uh, using against the church in Chinese or in China. He also noted how former Democratic Los Angeles mayor Eric Garcetti at one point threatened to cut off the utilities of houses and businesses that defied California's COVID-19 restrictions as one example. We're, um, we've got news and traffic coming up here at the top of the hour, so we're out of time to continue on that, but I think you get the basic idea. Coming up, a conversation my colleague had with uh, Nazareth, the comedian, coming to Portland on Friday at Sunnyside Four Square Church. Go to kpdq.com for all the important details and to purchase your ticket. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show. Sit in for Georgine. My name is Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, now on 106.3 FM in East Portland and Vancouver, 93.9 KPDQ, AM 860, The Answer, KPAM, La Patrona 1640, 93.1 L Ray, and 104.1 The Fish. I also get to host a ministry spotlight program called Difference Makers, which airs at 1 p.m. Fridays and Saturdays on True Talk 800, as well as Saturday afternoons at 1 on 93.9 KPDQ. I'd love to talk with you about getting more people back to your church, sharing about your ministry through our free online church directory and our church service live stream directory, expanding your ministry or business beyond your walls, establishing yourself as an authority in your field and becoming more known through radio and podcasting, 
Build an awareness of your company or outreach by hosting our events at your location at no risk to you. Marketing your message or brand directly to your target audience through the marketing your message or brand directly to your target audience through the latest and most powerful online tools of Salem Surround. And most importantly, if your ministry leader or pastor could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, a cup of coffee, or a connection to others, please email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. Between COVID and closures and shutdowns, it's been really difficult to think about all the things we've missed gathering in person for. And I can't believe it's been three years since Comedian Nazareth was here in the Portland area. But I'm so happy to announce that he's back and he's coming to Sunnyside Church in Happy Valley to make you laugh. So welcome, Comedian Nazareth. How are you today, brother? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to come back to Oregon and to get my coffee. You guys have the best coffee in the world. I'll make sure a bag of Stumptown is all set for you, Nazareth. So thank you <laughs> so very much for taking time out of your busy touring schedule to squeeze in Portland on your list. Oh, I have to stop you here. I love doing the Northwest. I love doing the West Coast because there's a lot of comedians who are clean and Christian like myself that do a lot of the Midwest and the East Coast and Nashville and all that. So I love being in the West Coast because uh, for so many years I paid my dues flying, you know, red-eye flights to get to the show early enough or to fly back and all that. So to go to Portland and boom, get on a... Alaska Airlines, an hour and a half flight. I'll do it any day. Funny, Alaska is my wife's favorite airline also. I like Alaska and Southwest. And with all the travels you've done over the years, Nazareth, we're very grateful that you're coming to Sunnyside Church in Happy Valley on Sunnyside Road. And the show starts at 7 p.m. at Sunnyside Foursquare Church, Friday, March 24th. So, what in particular are you looking forward to when you come back to our neck of the woods, Nazareth? Well, I, you know, COVID has changed a lot of things for us uh, as far as uh, the stress level in people, the hopelessness, all, you know, people are not gathering together for two years. So for me, right now, I have a whole new perspective when I do my comments. I want to bring hope to people. I want to, I want to excite people. I want to, uh, Remind them how blessed we are because we're living in a time, uh, Mike, where, you know, all you hear is the negative things about our nation, about people, about Christianity, about all of that. So for, you know, for people to come and spend an hour, hour, 15 minutes uh, uh, just enjoying themselves, laughing and, you know, and and seeing the good in in our nation, the good in our people. So it's really good. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I want to see people laughing hard. That's that's my main goal. Well, they certainly laughed hard the last time you were in Portland, Nazareth. And for anyone who might be less familiar to Comedian Nazareth, he is originally from the Holy Land. He's been honing his talents as a comedian for more than 25 years. And prior to moving to the United States to attend college at University of Toledo, Ohio, he uprooted from Kuwait, of all places, with nothing other than a passion to make the most of the life he has been given. 
Comedian Nazareth's passion for comedy ignited when he asked himself one day, what do I want to do in life that if I never get paid for it, I'd still do it to the best of my ability? Making people laugh was the only thing that came to mind, and the next day he signed up at a California comedy club for open mic night. He took the stage before a crowd of nine drunks, and Nazareth recalls them laughing so hard that one of them literally fell over in their chair. From the moment that he discovered his talent for bringing comic relief, his desire to do it for a living was without question. So please join us for a very special night of inspiring comedy with the one and only comedian Nazareth. And if you want to check out some of his videos, go to his website, NazarethUSA.com. That's NazarethUSA.com. Make sure to follow Nazareth on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Any other things to add to that list, Nazareth? As far as where they can follow me, I know I have TikTok, but that might be gone soon. So, uh, you know, I have it because uh, there's a lot of young people that I want to introduce them to my comedy. And most importantly, that the encouraging hope in Christ. So I do jokes when people, you know, watch it on TikTok and they love it and they follow me. And then, boom, you know, they can get one video that tells them about the hope we have in Christ. So... That's the only reason I'm on TikTok. It's not, it's not in our marketing, you know, plan because uh, it's Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn is where our and YouTube is where our, you know, our fan base and our client base. So, yeah, that's uh, TikTok as well. But I'm under comedian Nazareth and all of those. And I really appreciate that people do follow. A lot of times, you know, it's funny you go. You know, you go to a mainstream event uh, and you have about, let's say, a thousand people in the audience and you tell them to follow you and a thousand people will follow you. You do a Christian event that there's like 2,000 people in the audience and then you go home, there's 20 people that follow you because not a lot of people have, you know, they don't have their Instagram or they don't, some of them don't like to be on social media. So whenever you have social media and you want to follow us, we appreciate it because, Mike, unfortunately, it's no longer how funny you are or how good you are. We're living in a world right now, if, you're, if you have so many people following you, you're an influencer and people will listen to you, regardless how funny you are or how good you are. Uh, have you noticed that, Mike? It's amazing how much time I could waste online, Nazareth, when it comes to <laughs> the next video or reel popping up. And these algorithms are just brilliant. They know what you're going to click on. And you know, before you do, ah, this is clickbait. This isn't going to be good. This isn't going to be entertaining. But somehow, it's addictive. Is it the dopamine in your brain that when you make the click, it makes you feel better about yourself? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then people, it just people, like you see these people, I like, who's this person? And they go, oh, he's an influencer. He has a million followers. What does he do? Oh, they dance and they twerk and they stick their tongues out and they do crazy stuff and they they prank people. I'm like, when was that? Made, what? When? When did that happen? That made people influencers by having no, you know, like I can understand if you're passionate about a certain thing, art, radio, whatever, and you're speaking on it. I'd love you. I'll follow you. But if you don't have anything to offer and now you're an influencer and people are hiring you because you're an influencer, I, I don't know. But uh, 
I don't know. I I think you know. I I love social media for the fact that we are able to reach people, to encourage people, to bring laughter to people through that uh, platform. So to me, it's good. And the other day, I kind of hurt my knee, so I went online to see, okay, what can I do to help my knee? And now all I'm getting is knee surgery and doctors and people all sending me stuff about knee surgery. I'm like, hey, my knee is healed. I don't need you. It's downright scary. Comedy Night returns to Portland, and you won't want to miss Comedian Nazareth, 7 p.m. Friday, March 24th at Sunnyside Foursquare Church. All the details are on our websites at kpdq.com, truetalk800.com, and thefishportland.com. More with Comedian Nazareth next. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back to The Georgine Rice Show. I'm Mike Lee filling in for Georgine with Comedian Nazareth, who returns to the area 7 p.m. on Friday night, March 24th with a comedy night at Sunnyside Church, located on Sunnyside Road in Happy Valley. Tickets available at the door, or you could get them in advance at kpdq.com, truetalk800.com, and thefishportland.com. What I find interesting about you, Nazareth, is you were rolling in the comedy scene, and then when God seized your heart, you wanted to turn your back on your talent and your experience altogether until your pastor asked you to do a comedy show at the church. So how were you able to navigate through the success you had in comedy before and after Jesus stole your heart? You know, that's a great question, Mike. Uh, you know, when before turning my life to Christ and, know, and thinking I'm going to do comedy now that it's clean, that's family, you know, encouraging to families that are going to be doing youth events and all that. I, you, you know, you, as a comedian, you're always, you know, when people see you do a special, like I did an HBO special a long time ago, and people think that, you know, this is, you do this every night. No, you always start building new material. And the way you build new material is you go to what we call open mic nights or one-nighters, comedy clubs, that you can go there and try new material and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. You keep the stuff that works, you throw away the stuff that doesn't. And that's how you build your act. Well, when I came to Christ, I'm like, I can't go to bars anymore. I can't do material where, you know, where there's drunk people. I can't go to one-nighters because the material that I want to build right now is, is going to be clean. And, uh, you know, and it's so hard to be clean following two or three comedians who were just saying the most disgusting or the most sexual things, you know, where they kind of polluted the water, the audience. So I started going to prisons. <laughs> Somehow the door opened with Chuck Colson ministry and said, hey, you want to go to prison and share your testimony? I'm like, wait a minute. If I can make those inmates laugh, then the material is good because they don't have to laugh. And I started going to prisons and been to over 200-some prisons with the prison fellowship ministry. So that's where I worked on my act. And then I started doing junior high and high school, and those are harder audience to please. So my act became stronger that way. So when I went back and I'm doing the churches or doing the conferences and doing the big events, and now finally on TV, do I have like three or four specials on Pure Flix. So when you start, you know, you build your material on those hard places. So the difference became is when I first came to Christ, my mind was still dirty. 
if you know what I mean, because my language, the people I hanged around, the stuff I watched, the stuff I thought about was not honoring to God. So the first year coming back as a Christian, I had to be very careful in the way when I talked to the audience or trying to ad-lib, I had to be very careful. But then in that year, that first year, I devoured the Word of God. I started reading every day. I hanged around Christians. I stopped watching things that's not honoring God. So all of a sudden, my material now became clean material. Because I'm right. Comedians write what they experience. And that's why a lot of times comedians, if you notice, uh, or you don't notice that, is we always like to have new experiences, go somewhere. Hey, let me try, you know, this experience. Let me travel to this place so I can develop new material. So that's the hardest year was the first year for me in the Christian market. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't say Christian market because I still did corporation. I still do corporation. I still do clubs sometimes once in a while, but that's what happened. So that's a great question, Mike. Your story reminds me of a lot of musicians who come to know the Lord while they've already made a dent in the mainstream music scene. We receive Jesus into our hearts. We receive the Holy Spirit, and we are justified, we are crucified with Christ. But the sanctification, the growth, the change of our hearts, we ought to be going through the rest of our life on this earth. So it took a little while for you, once you came to know the Lord, to adjust what you thought was funny and what you were going to create in your comedy shows. But indeed, with the help of speaking in prisons and in front of schools, if anything, I feel like it stretched you and made you better at your craft than prior to knowing the Lord when you were just making people laugh with more controversial or crass subject matter. Does that sound about right? Yes, you're right. And it's always harder to write clean material. It's always harder. Because, you know, it's so easy to... Sometimes you watch comics, you know, they have they do jokes, and they're not well-written, but they say the F word after that, and people laugh out of shock. Or they try to go into, you know, push the envelope to where their material is dirty, and it's not something people normally used to hear from in public. So they laugh at that. But that's that's not well-written. You, you want to look at great comedians. I mean, look at Seinfeld. Look at, the, unfortunately, you know, Cosby and... And the other comics who are working clean, you know, they're funnier. Why? Because you work harder on the joke. And some comics are very very good, but they end up throwing these, you know, F-bombs and stuff. I'm like, there's no reason for that. You don't have to do that. So it's a lot harder to work clean than to work, you know, dirty. So are there any current comedians that you really admire their material? Who stands out in your mind, Nazareth? You know, there's a guy right now who still is called Tom Papa. Tom Papa, he's a friend of uh, Jerry Seinfeld. He used to have a show, uh, you know, a, a, a sitcom for a year or so. He has several specials. Really appreciate him because he's clean. Uh, what, what's his name? Uh, oh, there's a guy that I loved so much. He, had, he, he committed suicide about seven years ago. Very funny comedian. Uh, some people uh, would not know him. His name is Richard Jenny, and he used to do the, and there was a special called Good Catholic Boy and Palapatus Man. He had a sitcom on TV. He never was huge, but his comedy was amazing. It wasn't always very clean, but he, he just 90% of it was clean. So really, I was impressed by his, you know, Tom Papa. Uh, 
is very clean. Seinfeld, I mean, I love Seinfeld. Seinfeld has so big of an ego. It's so difficult for me to <laughs> to continue to watch him. But uh, you know, and Cosby, as much as we hate what he did as a uh, as a person, his his comedy. Richard Pryor was amazing, but Richard Pryor was dirty. But Richard Pryor changed the whole culture of comedy. So, yeah, those are people I kind of I, I don't want to hear some bad comedy. So I because I don't want to ruin my my brain or my thoughts. So I I'm very careful about who I listen to. Well, I think that's a wise thing, Nazareth. When you talk about comedy or music, books you read. Videos we watch. I mean, the Bible talks about garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. And I don't think we should be so extreme as to be legalistic, because I think that builds up our pride to the point where we think we're better than everyone else because we are withholding this from our lives. And it's not true. So, in your case, I love your story and the fact that when God seized your heart, you completely changed your game, and yet He rewarded you back with being able to do what you love, which in this case is entertain people. Don't miss Comedian Nazareth, 7 p.m. Friday night, March 24th at Sunnyside Church in Happy Valley. All the details are at kpdq.com. Mike Lee here filling in on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Filling in for Georgine, I'm Mike Lee with Comedian Nazareth coming to Sunnyside Church in Happy Valley, Friday night, March 24th. So do you have any great stories from the many travels you've had with your shows all over the globe? Do any fans stand out in your mind who may have come up to you after a comedy show? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, it just And that's what keeps you going. That's what makes you go, wow, whatever I do, my, my reward, my pay, for that, it's a lot higher than I could have ever done in the mainstream media. One example, one time Jay Leno was saying, he said, I'm finally in a place where my comedy or what I say, I can influence people. And I'm going, wait a minute. Every Christian comedian out there, every night you're influencing people if you're sharing the good news and all that. But one of the big, the things that stick with me is a few years ago, many years ago, this lady came to me and she goes, Nazareth, uh, you know, she's older in her 80s. She goes, I've had cancer for five years, been going through chemo for five years. She goes, in the last two hours while I was listening to you, I forgot about my cancer for the first time. I was like, wow. It just really amazed me that, that that's, that's a healing part of comedy. But then a few years later, uh, I think a few years ago, this lady comes to me. She goes, I heard you. I go, where? She goes, I was taking my chemo in Orange County, and they play your videos. They play your comedy at the chemo, and, you know, uh, where people take chemotherapy. And she said, they're sitting there for a few hours taking chemo, and they're laughing at you. It's like, that is the greatest thing you could tell me. <laughs> I mean, to know, and, and maybe they still do that now. I didn't check with the centers, but there's few centers that play my comedy during the chemo, which is because it's clean, it's not offensive, so they like that. So that, to me, that's the greatest reward, uh, you know, to get young people, 14, 13, they go, you're the funniest guy in the world, I, I listen to, I love what you do, which means they listen to what God has done in my life and how this is available to them, that they can 
they can. You know, one of the things that uh, Mike uh, really helped me when I first started, it, it was God's uh, deciding on the trajectory of my career is I did a lot of youth events. And when I went to these youth events, I went with this uh, testimony. I said, hey, listen, I just left Hollywood. I just left, you know, a sitcom on the table at the biggest network. I left all that. I left the cocaine. I left the alcohol. I left the gears that come to you after the show. I was like, hey, you want to go have a party? I left all that. And guess what? Because it didn't satisfy me. It didn't bring me joy. It didn't bring me happiness. And when I gave my life to Christ, it changed everything. I'm I'm so I have joy inside of my heart right now. I said I have joy. I have f- feeling of satisfaction. The Creator of this universe loves me, and there's nothing can separate me. Neither thing on earth, neither in heaven, nor angels, nor nothing can separate me from that love. And I said, listen, if you listen to my testimony, young people, you're saving yourself twenty years of trouble, of, of problems, of uh, Thoughts that stick with you the rest of your life, you're saving yourself so much by just doing that. So to me, that was so satisfying, Mike. He has the heart of a pastor and the body of an extremely funny comedian. So don't miss Comedian Nazareth. It's a Friday night show, March 24th, beginning at 7 p.m. at Sunnyside Church on Sunnyside Road in Happy Valley. That's right nearby Elkabee's and Happy Valley Station food carts and across the street from the biggest cross I've seen on Sunnyside Road, which is a different church. So Sunnyside Church, 13231 Southeast Sunnyside Road, Happy Valley, Oregon, for Comedian Nazareth, Friday night, March 24th. Very excited you're coming back, Nazareth. So I want you to be able to send a shout out to your mentors, family members, loved ones. Who do you want to say hi to? Wow. Uh... I have a lot of fans that I developed uh, during COVID uh, in the Seattle, in the Oregon, Portland area, and uh, so many friends I have and fan base in Bend and in Salem and in uh, Portland. And so because when COVID happens in March, I think 18th, everything stopped. And I was, uh, you can't go anywhere. There's a quarantine. And I said, wait a minute, what? What what can I do? I mean, I'm I'm sitting home. All my shows are canceled. What should I do? I said, listen, I have Wi-Fi, and I you know I can encourage people. I can make people laugh. So I started a show called Live with Nas. So every night I went on Facebook. I said, hey guys, we're gonna laugh for a few hours. And we started the first week. It was two hours, three hours, and then we said it's too much. I can't you know I I don't have enough material to do two, three hours a day, seven days a week. So I started saying, okay, I started asking the audience, hey, is there any question? I'm going to ask you a funny question, and you guys give me uh, a funny answer to it. So we're all forget about the COVID and the quarantine and start thinking funny for an hour. I started asking questions like, hey, give me the worst name for a plumbing business. And people just not comedians, lay people, normal. They come up with like uh, Farrah Fawcett. The number one and the number two business, stuff like that, and it's just they're laughing, and I'm laughing, and and before you know it, we developed a community of people. Like to this day, even though I don't do the show as as every day or every week now, but a group of people called the Live with Nas family, and these people are friends now, and they're connected all over the world, and some of them there's a there's a young lady with six kids that she's a 
she actually drive a dump truck. She's in, uh, she lives in Portland, and she is a single mom with six kids that drives a dump truck. And just to talk to her, she, she comes at the end of the day, puts the kids to sleep, and she laughs for an hour with us. And sometimes her kids are up, and they throw some funny answers to, to the questions I ask. And it just, we developed this fan. So I want to send a hello to them, you know, to my fans from the Live with Naz family to be able to, you know, some of them are coming to the show already. So it would be great to see them there. Well, I hope they have a great time, Nazareth. So by all means, boast on your wife and kids. Yes, I love my kids. Uh, they're growing. Uh, my kids... Uh, let me boast about him. I, I love them. They're, uh, this is what happened. <laughs> Our family is, we call them, a, you know, we're kind of like a procrastinators, Mike. I don't know about your family, but it's just like we, we get excited about stuff, but we end up changing our mind. Like, for example, uh, you know, I, I said, uh, hey, kids, next Saturday, we're going to go to the beach. Okay, we're going to the beach. They go, yeah, dad, it's been a while. We're going to go to the beach. And we get excited. We're going to go to the beach. I go, okay, going to get up early and go to the beach. They go, yes. So Saturday morning, I get up like, hey, kids, do you really want to go to the beach? It's kind of foggy. They go, yeah, we'll go next week. The beach is not going anywhere. We'll go next week, Dad. Don't worry about it. Okay, I go, okay, we'll make lunch together as a family. We'll be together in the kitchen, make some lunch today, and call it a day. Yeah, Dad. Lunchtime. Hey, kids, do you really want to do lunch? Oh, Dad, let's just order pizza. We'll make lunch next time. Okay. And this is what I had. This is the story of our life. And that's my biggest fear because my fear is like many, many years from now, hopefully, they're going to say this conversation like, hey, the kids, hey, guys, we need to bury Dad. He's been in the freezer for too long. Uh, yeah, yeah, this Saturday. We'll bury him this Saturday. <laughs> and then Saturday comes, they go, Hey, guys, you want to bury that today? Nah, he's not going anywhere. We'll bury him next week. Maybe we should cremate him because he's always saying, you know, Jesus, you want Jesus to tell him, well done, good and faithful servant. So maybe we'll just cremate that. So that's my biggest fear for my kids. But uh, they're wonderful. My son is a graduate from Biola Film School. He is a TikTok director now. He flies all over the world, Morocco, Egypt, uh, He's, uh, he was just in Colorado, goes to Nashville. He just videos, 30-second videos, and they pay him a lot for it. So my daughter is finishing her three months left to, to graduate from UCLA, and she wants to take a gap year, which is we never heard of when we were their age, a gap year where they do nothing, and then she's going to law school. Uh, she's my pride and joy because she teaches a Bible study at UCLA. You know, like in her apartment, and she has 16 students that attend every week. So I'm so proud of her. And then my youngest vulture in the nest still is 15 years old, and she's a beautiful, smart little one that goes to a Christian school here in Southern California. I'm so blessed. My wife, I love her more today than when I met her 26 and a half years. She is amazing. Tomorrow she teaches a Bible study for women at my... There's probably 20 ladies in come to my house and she teaches so I have to leave the house and she goes I want you out of the house tomorrow I go I know because Timothy will never teach when Paul's still there <laughs> and that's when she throws stuff at me 
Don't miss Comedian Nazareth, 7 p.m. Friday, March 24th at Sunnyside Church in Happy Valley. All the details are at kpdq.com. More with Comedian Nazareth next on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Thank you so much for joining us on The Georgine Rice Show. I'm Mike Lee filling in with Comedian Nazareth coming to Sunnyside Church in Happy Valley. The show starts at 7 p.m. Friday, March 24th, and all the details are at kpdq.com. So where did you meet your wife in the first place, Nazareth? Oh, that's a story. That's a funny story. You know, I told you guys when I when I came to Christ, everything changed. I, I made a commitment with the Lord that I will not watch pornography. I will not date. I will not touch a woman. I will not be alone with a woman. I just completely, my whole mind shifted i mean just the cleansing of the mind and uh i said to the lord i said lord uh, i'm gonna go about your business and if you have a wife for me you bring her to me i promise you i will not do any of that but i want a beautiful wife with a rich father that knows the entire bible that was my commitment <laughs> and i waited and you know uh, you know when you pray and nothing happens you start compromising i said okay lord she doesn't have to have a rich father beautiful and the new testament is fine with me another year i'm losing hair i'm like okay lord she doesn't have to be beautiful just okay and the book of john is fine with me another year i'm getting weight i'm like lord john three sixteen, bring her over i'll witness to her and i was waiting three years into it still the prayer is not answered i'm like okay maybe i know god wants me married i i had that feeling and i had that desire so one day my dad was dying in, at the hospital here in California, and he said, would you go to Israel for me, son, because I have uh, a house there I want you to put in your name and your brother's name and your mom's name, but it's in the Gaza Strip. I said, ah, I didn't want to go, but it's my dad. So when he passed away, I flew into Tel Aviv. I drove to the Gaza Strip, the Muslim part of Israel. And that day, uh, my cousin was waiting for me. He's from Baltimore. He's an atheist. I love him to death, and he he was there to get married, and he invited me with his fiance and her sister to go have dinner. So we're sitting at dinner, and he looks at me. He goes, you look happy. What's wrong with you, Nazareth? You're in the Gaza Strip. Why are you that happy? And that's the trigger word for an evangelist like me, <laughs> a comedian who's an evangelist. Like that's, that's the trigger word. So I said, you know what? Jesus changed my life. He gave me a reason to live. He gave me hope. I used to be like an old car that keeps breaking down. Now that I'm a Christian, I'm that same old car, but I'm married to a mechanic and I have AAA. And he got mad. He goes, Gareth, don't listen to him. He's a born-again Christian. And her sister, Mike, she said, me too. And I look at her and I go, would you like to marry me? She goes, I've been praying for a believer for three years to come to this side of the world. Let me pray and fast for three days. I'll get back to you. Three days later, she came back. She goes, I'm starving. Let's do it. And that's, we got engaged five days from there. And then a year later, I went back to the Gaza Strip. We got married, and we've been married 26 and a half years. God's story. God answers prayers if you are willing to do it his way, to wait for him. What a great story, Nadrath. I'm so happy for your wife and you and your kids and how much they're doing to impact the world. And the fact that you're returning to the Portland area, 7 p.m. Friday night, March 24th for our clean comedy night at Sunnyside Church in Happy Valley. So can you tell us who exactly 
are you targeting with your audience? You had amazing success in the secular world before you came to know Jesus. And then you had other audiences from prisons to schools. So who do you love sharing your comedy with most nowadays? You know, I want uh, I want the people who appreciate clean comedy who are sick and tired or don't want to go hear bad comedy. They want to hear filthy comedy. They want to laugh, but also people who have a desire to see their loved ones and neighbors and and people, co-workers come to know Christ. So they invite them to the to my event because uh, when I can at the end of my event when it's all out, I share the good news of Jesus. I share what God has done in my life. So it's an opportunity. It's a good opportunity because people normally wouldn't go to church with you. Like, hey, you want to come to a church service with me? They go, nah. But if you tell them, hey, you want to come to a comedy night? They will. And they laugh with me for an hour before I even say anything. And they feel connected. And then when I share about the gospel, their walls are down and the Holy Spirit takes over. So that's the, I want people, you know, ages anywhere. You know, if you're 10-year-olds, if they're not sitting together, with their other kids, they, they can listen and their attention span increases when they're sitting with their family. To people who are 90 or 95, I had an audience member who's 101 and they laugh and they love it. So yeah, that's my audience. Oh, I love it, Nazareth. And we're so excited that you're coming back to town. So anything interesting happened to you recently throughout your travels? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, watch out what you pray for. Because uh, one time I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord... Uh, how good of a Christian am I? Don't ever do that, because God will prank you. Uh, a few years ago, I, I, I prayed that. I'm like, Lord, how good? Am I good? Am I good at reaching people for you? Am I good at sharing you? And the next day, I was in Houston at a huge church, and they were doing the, the passion play from the birth of Christ till his resurrection. So, uh, you know, I did my comedy. I finished. I'm backstage, and there's 400 actors, and Jesus, the actor, came backstage. He was six foot four, long brown hair, looks like the guy from The Chosen, you know, just beautiful looking man. And I looked at him and was like, wow, uh, this is this is what Jesus should look like. And I, I looked at him and I said, hey, can I touch the hem of your garment? You know, I'm trying, you know, to be funny theologically. And he goes, you weirdo, what do you want? I go, that's not how Jesus talks. I'm like, Jesus doesn't say weirdo. So I said, so, uh, do you attend this church? I go, what's your name? He goes, I'm Jesus. Now, I've done acting before. I've been on commercials, shows, films. So I knew that when you want to stay in character, you want to stay in character. I said, okay, so Jesus, where do you go to church? He goes, I don't go to church. I'm not a Christian. That's when the evangelist in me kicked in. So I started witnessing to Jesus. (laughs) And he got nervous. He goes, oh, oh, I got to go get resurrected. I'm like, no, 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 you can't. Read the book, read the book. You can't do it. So I didn't think about it till the next week. I was doing a, a missions conference, and I was sitting with all these missionaries. And one guy, they're, they're the humblest people in the world. But there was this missionary that was proud. He's like, man, Nazareth, I got to witness to the Prince of Denmark. I'm like, I witnessed to Jesus. And that was like... God's answer, I'm like, okay, God, so you think I'm doing well if I get to witness to Jesus himself. So that's a funny story. You know, traveling is, traveling after COVID became fun because we used to take it for granted and complain and say, ah, I got to fly. Like I'm flying to Florida 
and I have a show in Port Charlotte on Friday, and then the next morning, early in the morning, I'm going to drive three hours back to Tampa, fly out at 5, 6 in the morning to Washington, to Seattle. I have a men's conference that I have to be on stage at 3 p.m., and then I finish that, then the next day I'm teaching at that church. So, and then I come back, and then uh, I, after that I go to St. Peter's, uh, Missouri, doing three days. So, I used to complain, I used to go, ah, but after COVID, for two years, we sat home going, are we really going to work again? Are we really, is this it? Are we done with doing live events? But when God brought it back, I'm so thankful. So, I'm the happiest guy on the planet. And your joy and your happiness are just infectious. So thank you so much for coming back to our neck of the woods. Started at 7 p.m. Friday, March 24th. Don't miss Comedian Nazareth appearing at Sunnyside Church on Sunnyside Road in Happy Valley. Our own James Blinn, producer of the Georgine Rice Show, will be returning as the opening act for Comedian Nazareth. All the details on the ticket sales are at kpdq.com, truetalk800.com, and thefishportland.com. And make sure to follow Comedian Nazareth on YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And you'll find amazing videos of his comedy at NazarethUSA.com. That's NazarethUSA.com. Looking forward to seeing you, Nazareth. Thank you. And I want the listeners to know this is a great opportunity to invite your loved ones, the people that don't know Christ, people you always wanted to invite to church and you couldn't. This is your chance to bring them, so please, buy them a ticket. It's a great investment, and say, hey, I paid this ticket for you so you can come with me and enjoy some laughter. And for people who are hurting, people who are upset, depressed, anxiety, if you have a teenager who's having anxiety or that, just bring them. Let them laugh. They will laugh. Trust me, I've seen so many youth in my event. They're laughing hard. So bring them. Let them for two hours forget about their whatever negativity out there, and let them laugh, and then they hear the good news of Christ. So that's what I want to encourage the listeners to do. Feeling in for Georgine, I'm Mike Lee, and thank you so much for joining me and Comedian Nazareth appearing at Sunnyside Church in Happy Valley, Friday, March 24th, with all the details at kpdq.com. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.